Introducing the Aging Room Quattro Nicaragua JR 50th. One of the highest rated cigars in the industry is now available in a special rounded torpedo size. Celebrate our 50th anniversary in style with this iconic limited edition smoke, only available at jrcigars.com. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Boom, ladies and gentlemen, we are on the air. Jordan, uh, my trusty producer, Wonder Kid. Jordan, how are you doing, my friend? I'm getting there. This is still recovering. Still recovering. I got 20% taste. 20%. It's official. You're you're on your way back, baby. (laughs) Stinking coming. This is episode 314 of Smoke Night Live. Thanks to everybody joining us on Facebook. The Dojo Verse and such. Uh, love having you guys. We've got a nice little studio audience tonight. Scotty's in the house. Math's in the house. Hey, boys, how you guys doing over there? Everybody's hanging out. Scott brought over some Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Ooh. That was some good bourbon, man. Uh, oh. we, a week after bringing George T. Stagg over, yeah. he's on a street. Scott's on a roll. He's on a, he's on a bourbon roll. Anyways, thank you for that, Scotty. That was amazing. Hey, Jordan, uh, big news, dojo news anyways. The blue shirts are now available for sale. We were so busy. You know, we had those blue shirts done like a month ago. For some reason, we just couldn't sell them to you. We we, we refused. We just had so much going on. Was one of you guys wearing? uh, Scott's wearing it. Oh, you're both wearing it. We there got, we go. We got those buttery. Now here's the thing with these blue shirts, guys. They're 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 like they're like butter to your skin. <laughs> it's like butter. it's like skin butter. You're gonna. It's like it feels like the. It feels like it's a shirt that you've washed a thousand times, you know. And it goes with that. It goes with that pair of jeans, your favorite pair of jeans. You know, it just feels so good when you put it on, Jordan. Oh, oh. it's we have the nice thin ink. It's not gonna heat up in the sun. No. Yeah, we got it. It's it's down and and if you get it, like these are free nowadays. You get a little, uh, you get a cool little, uh, little live strong little, kind of action. A little uh, never smoke alone uh, band there. It even has the uh, if you if you take these off and you look on the inside of it, Jordan. You look on the inside. It's it says miso smoke. It's got a little dojo verse on the inside. These things oh, are pretty hoo-hoo. cool, pretty legit. I've been wearing mine just in case, like I'm killed in a car crash. And they'll, they'll they'll know where I came from, you know. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like one this of those guy deals. Never smoked alone. <laughs> he never, he never wow. smoked alone. <laughs> Anyways, you get one of those free with any uh, with any shirt order. Man, Jordan, I I sent out so many shirts. Yes. I sent out. Was that Wednesday or I don't know Thursday yesterday? I I literally took to the post office a trash bag filled with packages. Good job, jo- Dojo. I looked. Jojo. I what? looked. I, I literally looked like Santa walking into the post office, and I know that when I walked in there, the 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 postal workers looked at me with that like evil eye, you know, like. Randy oh, thought the big news was that he got a black belt. Yeah, Randy got a black belt. Congrats yeah, to only Randy. It took you know like six months longer than <laughs> the the real fans. So you know? did uh, so okay. did That's so okay. did Rob Nurse Rob got his today. So we got some black belts. Uh, Stogie sister got hers. Congrats to Stogie sister. She got her black belt. A lot of black belts this this week. So it's a big big week on uh, on dojo verse. Hey, let's get right into the show. We have not just one Jordan, but two guests on the line. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise uh, for you folks watching at home. Uh, first of all, let's bring on uh, the advertised guest. <laughs> Uh, Robert Caldwell. Robert, welcome back to Smoke Night Live, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back on the show. Uh, we've had you on a few times and uh, been wanting to get you back. The last time we had some technical issues, we couldn't get, quite get you on. But in, in lieu of that, we had Tony Bellotto, and he's also on the horn. Tony, uh, welcome back to Smoke Night Live, my friend. 
What's shaking? How are you? Tony, do you remember the last time you were on Smoke Night Live? I remember that I was on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you just bought a house, you know, it's to be expected. We're, 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 we're going to give you... You just bought whatever, somehow, you just bought a house. You were super excited about something. I think. <laughs> Maybe I you had a kid. Away. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, don't, I didn't have a kid. At least that I know of. You were celebrating... Something. And you were very festive that <laughs> night. It's it's one that goes down in uh, Smoke Night Live lore, you know, like, and people will say, like, hey, did you see the Tony Bellotto episode? <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things. <laughs> so I could just got really drunk, I guess? Yeah, it was something like that. I like that you don't fucking remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're such a degenerate that you don't even remember. And the best part about it was, even though even though Robert couldn't join us, Live on that show, he was heckling you the entire time in the in the Facebook chat, which was great. I remember that for sure. Uh, what are you boys smoking tonight, Robert? What do you got? Uh, what are you smoking tonight? I'm smoking a 2006 antique line Colorado Robusto. Mm. Slightly damaged because we sold them all, so it's like I got the the fucked up ones that I smoke. And what are you what are you drinking? Uh, water. Yeah. I don't drink, remember? I know, but yeah, you still drink something. You have to drink something. Yeah. I mean, you know, I used to drink like things while I smoked, but now I just drink either water or sparkly water, but not flavored sparkly water. Just Topo straight Chico? up. Straight up water, man. You just yeah. like it straight. We don't really have Topo Chico in Miami. I wish we did. Yeah, it's that's very good sparkly shame. water. That is it's sort of the a shame. second best or the best sparkly well, there's two better. One is um called Bretagna. It comes from Colombia. It's like four times more sparkly than Topo Chico. Oh, God. <laughs> like really just very intense. And then there's one called Vichy Catalan that comes from Spain. But you can't get that here. But it tastes like you're sucking on, like, coins while you drink the water because it's got so much mineral, like, just intensity. You know, that's really those good. That's better. really good for you, too, all that. Those minerals are good for you. Good for your blood pressure. I'm sure. You know, and all that kind of stuff. Now, Tony, mm-hmm. I, I see you're drinking some wine. Uh... What do you I got? Am. So I found this. Um, one of my salesmen gave it to me, and I bought it just because I'd never had some of the grapes in it. And I went to school for wine, so I was intrigued by it. It's called Brendel. I believe they are a negociant, but I've had two of the varietals in here before. I've had Tempranillo and Tariga. But there's Tinta Cow, Tinta Madeira, and Trousseau. So a couple of Portuguese grapes and a French grape. How is it? And it's good. It's like it's almost like Pinot Noirish. You know, it's like you could, I don't know if you can see, but it's got like a real light. That's light, a cool glass. Color. I like that. It's a cool glass. Yeah. What are you smoking, my friend? Very light. I have a 2015 antique. Colorado Maduro, uh, box one of three. Oh, wow. So, and I have the other two, I think. So there's only 30 cigars that we found on this one. So I pretty much kept them to myself. I'm going, it's good. I'm going, boys, I'm going with the gimmick tonight. I got the, hey! I got the, oh, nice. I got the gimmick, and man, it's tasting, it's tasting great right now. These, uh, this is a fun little, little cigar we did, a uh, little lost and found that we did with you guys, and, uh, this is a really tasty, little tasty little stick for sure. Um, so hey guys, we're uh, we're inching ever closer to uh, the holidays, uh, Christmas and such, New Year's. Robert, what do you uh, what do you do this time of year? What's your what's your sort of Christmas <coughs> plans look like for for Robert? Uh, I I fucking escape, man. I usually. I usually leave, like my two breaks are Thanksgiving week and, you know, around December 20th to like January 5th or 6th because the factories usually open back up on the 7th and shut down around the 18th and their office gets kind of, you know, everything kind of slows down. Um, my family dislikes it because it's family time, but I usually just check out a couple years, like the year of the pandemic, I guess, or the winter just prior, I went to Australia for three weeks which is amazing and then uh so this year i don't know i was waiting till the last minute because I, I didn't know what was going to happen with 
you know, you just you don't book shit far out. So now everything's looking kind of okay. So I'm going to Peru for three weeks. Oh wow! Or two weeks and three days. What are you going to do do down there? Do do do. What are you going to do down there? That's hard to I'm say. I'm going to Lima for two days to just kind of like get there and then eat because the food's amazing in Peru. Like it's fucking amazing. And then uh, I'm going to go up to Cusco and then stay up there for like ten days and like walk around and eat. And then that's it. And then I go back to Lima and then I'm connecting with a good friend of mine that lives in Lima. And then we're going to do like a road trip. Oh, cool. Around like beach shit. But I mean, I'm, I'm packing like a pair of jeans, like four T-shirts, a jacket, a sweater and a pair of shoes. And that's it. And then my wife's going with me. So she'll have like six fucking bags <laughs> full of all sorts of shit. Oh. Now, I'm a little disappointed, Robert, in the shirt because I'm, I'm, I'm used to the sort of like the, you know, unbuttoned you know shirt look and tonight yeah you know you're not uh you've got just a regular like uh hensley or something going on there but yeah I, well i work in the warehouse like a couple of days a week and then so my warehouse days are like t-shirts <laughs> so today's a well every day i think in december is a warehouse day <laughs> even trying to get shit out so Tony, what about you? What's your uh, now? You're Italian like I am, so you, I'm 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 assuming you have some. You're gonna get some gnocchi going and, and some meatballs and some sauce and gravy and stuff going. What do you What do you got planned for yeah, for the Christmas holidays? Eve, Christmas Eve, we will do all that. Yeah. Um, but my fiance's parents live in Tucson, so Christmas Day, early Christmas Day, Tucson. I have to fly to Tucson, and then I'm doing an event at Anthony's. During the week, and then I fly back on New Year's Eve. Mm. So not that exciting this year. Um, we're just gonna have like some my mom's meatballs and stuff at my house, and then going to Tucson. You gotta Wait. go to Tanya's thirty-three. Have you been there? Not yet. What the fuck? <laughs> what is it? Tanya's thirty-three. It's like a burrito joint in a neighborhood called Hollywood, which is like in the middle of the ghetto downtown, and uh, it's amazing. Tanya's like a, yeah, it's like the best place in the world. Yeah, write that down, Tony, because if you if you don't <laughs> I go, find the good food. Yeah. Hey, uh, Robert, I gotta I gotta first. I'm gonna start the show with a, a an apology to you because uh, you and I we were both at the Cigar Heritage Fest in Ybor City, and I went over to talk to you with my wife, and um, you were sort of in this overhang area like i uh, partially kind of like a buildingish kind of area there and we talked but it was so loud i couldn't hear a word that you said and and I, I i think i cut the i think i cut our conversation short because i'm old and my ears were just like so gsh, 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 like there was it no was worries. so loud and i don't remember anything that you told me but i'll bet it was super interesting maybe but probably not <laughs> So I do I do apologize for Phenomenal. that. That was uh that was software. That was a um yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, God, I, I really want to talk to Robert, but my my old ears, Jordan, they were just You're so it, old. I know so, tired. so old and tired. Hey Robert, let's talk about some a little bit of Caldwell news. Uh this week you announced a line extension King is Dead escape plan. Um is that the first line extension for that line? Um, it is okay. Talk a little it bit is. about that. Uh, so it's a, it's a it's a brand called Escape Plan or a sub brand. The King is Dead. So it's going to be an annual release. We're going to start having like a release schedule of products that aren't going to be like like Anastasia, for example. That was a mainstay brand, but it was like a, you know kind of a limited edition. So instead, we're going to have that as a once a year release and then this will be a once a year release so it's um king is dead escape plan so it's a box pressed maduro uh comes in four sizes 20 count box it's our first box press which is kind of cool mm. uh i don't know i mean it's 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 fun for us because king is dead is maybe our most understated but most appreciated cigar that we make i think that it's a cigar that it does very well but eastern standard king is dead outsell it but the people that love it like really really love it because it's a it's a complicated cigar and so this i mean it fits right in that wheelhouse it's just a really interesting very complicated cigar um 
we worked on it for a very long time and then we kind of just are able to get it out. I guess now we, get, we, we haven't had any issues with back order and we haven't had issues with packaging or any of the bullshit that's been going on on production stuff, but our new stuff, a lot of that's got kind of like pushed around. So this one's coming out about eight months past when we wanted it to. Um, so now we're finally, I think, ready to ship next month. But it's exciting. I mean, it's a, it's a more full-bodied approach. Uh, Maduro. I don't know. It's a really nice cigar. I, I don't like box press, and I don't like Maduro. But, I mean, I like that cigar. <laughs> so that's fun. Is it a, a Ventura factory? Yep. Yep. All right. And that one is uh, shipping now? No, it's actually... We may be able to get it out this month. Okay. Um, we have one, maybe two more shipments coming in this month. We have one that comes in this weekend. And then we have, theoretically, one that comes at the end of next week. But then Trevor, who's our, like, really our everything. Like, I mean, he's the guy that runs our whole back room operation. His kids do, like, next Saturday. So if the kid comes early by, like, a day or two, it's bumped to January. So we, we told everybody it's shipping like January 10th, which is when we reopen. Um, but it might, it might be, it might be able to go out next Friday. Oh, oh okay. which is Christmas Eve. It just depends. It really just weird. depends on the, uh, the maternity sort of, uh, <laughs> schedule of those dang kids of the warehouse. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then that's the thing though, is, I mean, like if we don't, I, probably it's going to be bumped. Cause I mean, the other thing would be shipping it like 27, 28, 29, but I don't think, I don't think his wife would let him in the office. Yeah, that'd be that, that's that's rough, right? Right after a baby and stuff. It's a good excuse to get out of the house. Right? <laughs> yeah, and you'll be in Peru bouncing around anyway. So uh, exactly. Other other things in the uh, Caldwell realm. I mean, uh, I know this last couple of years in general has been a challenge. Has it, uh, you know, been been a challenge for you to maintain? Uh, just the brands that you already have, and then also planning for, you know, things like this, 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 this new product. Uh, what has it been like for you over the last sort of year and a half uh, navigating this crazy world we live in? Well, we so pre-COVID, we had like you know several collaborations, um, and then we had a more broad portfolio, and we had decided before COVID ever hit that we wanted to simplify our portfolio because we gotten like really kind of broad with maybe too many offerings and a little bit confusing portfolio. So we started trimming it back. And then, so when we came into COVID, we had a very good kind of streamline of like, this is our core. And that our plan was like, rebuild the core, build the core, rebuild the core, build the core. And so that was the emphasis of the brand. So when we came into COVID, all the energy been applied to like really our three, like King is dead long of the King. Um, Eastern Standard, and then of course like Savages, but it's not as big of his brand. But like those core brands and their extensions, plus Blind Man. So we were like loaded up on packaging, fucking loaded on cigars, loaded on rings. So we came into and through COVID very fluidly in terms of packaging. But then we also knew that if we did anything to fuck that up, we would just trip over ourselves. So the first year. We didn't do anything. We did a very small, limited release, Lancero, Eastern Standard, um, Sun Grown. And then everything that we had either, we didn't force it, I guess. We didn't like push to get stuff in. We just kind of let it flow when it wanted to. So like Anastasia was supposed to come back out like almost 20 months ago. That hadn't come in yet. That's coming next year, maybe. This Blind Man Maduro that we released a few months ago, we're just like, fuck it, when it comes, it comes. So we, we did a pretty good job and then the unfortunate thing is we weren't like when we got into this year, we said, okay, well last year we allowed time to just kind of pass and focused on what we were doing, but all the stuff that we had planned to build isn't going to come or if it comes great. So then now it's starting to trickle. So now it's like, okay, this one's ready. Okay. A few months ago, the other one's ready. So we should hopefully have those. So we've had a pretty good run through COVID in terms of maintaining inventory. And then I think just not pushing ourselves like we don't have to release anything it's just focusing you know day in day out sell the same product and then when it's available the new stuff push that so that's what's happening now so uh i mean i mean i would imagine you know working with uh, 
a smaller factory like that and you being kind of one of the major players in that factory is is a bit of a benefit you're not you're not you're not in one of these situations where you're like fourth fifth guy down on the totem pole and that's got to be at least some bit of an advantage uh in navigating some of this as well i would assume right yeah yeah and i think actually yeah to the detriment maybe a brand's like two three four five a little bit sometimes because mm-hmm. we we throw our weight around um you know when we started working with that company they had about a thousand square foot facility now they're up to forty thousand square feet wow um and then we at one point we were like all their production now we're probably 70 75 percent um but that allows us to get things done and the factory is very good and they're also very fair because i mean it's in their business interest to appease our demands or our requests but at the same time you know i'm like hey i need to get this shit out and then they're like yeah but this guy's been waiting like three months man we really need to deliver and then i'm like all right you know so they the good thing with that factory is they, they bend over for us and they, you know, <clears throat> they'll have overtime workers come in work on, on the weekend. Like Weber, Henderson's brother, he was in the packaging department all week. His sister, his mother, everybody's in there helping to get things done. But they also, they don't forget about guys two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're a very fair business, I think, with the way that they operate. But it's been very advantageous to us to have that position in the factory because we do kind of get... Um, I guess somewhat preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then at the same time, I mean, they're, they're not scared to tell us like we had a situation, I think a few months ago, I was trying to get something in and um, somebody been waiting a little while. It was a European customer and I was trying to get stuff done, you know, and I, they just kind of said, Hey, listen, you know, like go fuck yourself. We really need to get this guy's product out. So they speak up for their customers too, which is I think a, a good thing. Yeah, I mean that but, th- that you got to respect that as one of their 100%. customers because that could be you 100%. at some point, you know. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, uh, we had an audience question: Are you guys going to PCA? And uh, now nah, I got Jordan. Oh, is this part of? Okay, I, I was going to ask him about that in the second right, half right, of the right, show. We'll save it. Save it. Save that. That was Randy's question. I I already have that slated towards the end of the show. Uh, Tony, uh, you got some some something new coming out. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, the, the first thing that I have is I kind of hijacked a Lost and Found recently. Oh. Um, it's called Bolado Edition. It just landed. There, was very, there wasn't enough cigars to really distribute it, so it's kind of just uh, a handful of, of friends that <clears throat> uh, have it. Uh, Robert introduced me to a couple of cigars um, at Henderson's dad's factory, which is the old our old factory his dad kind of retired and it's just like it's kind of like his uh toy box you know and he had these cigars in there that that him and Eladio diaz had made uh, <laughs> about 10 years ago that we smoked when we were at that factory and i was like man like i need these all for myself basically <laughs> um <clears throat> they one of them is uh, connecticut des florado which is basically what they do is they take the flower off the 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 plant um, that's usually used for growing Connecticut uh, shade. So it's a dark Connecticut wrapper. It's very, it's very interesting. It's like medium plus in body, like a caramely sweetness to it. Um, there's a Habano, but that is also a light Habano. So it's not, it's, it's kind of like the color of La Barba purple. And it also has that like creamy sweetness. And then there's um, a light Connecticut, but it's, um, it's it's almost like neon. Rob called it it's neon. It's a bright Connecticut. Yeah, it's a bright Connecticut. So I have a bright Connecticut and a dark Connecticut. So I kind of hijacked those for myself. Um, I just posted a picture of them on social media. I just finally got them in. Um, but that's just a quick little thing. And then I'm adding, we're going to add La Barba uh, Ricochet Connecticut uh, first quarter of next year. Um, that's kind of the evolution of the Siempre. I had, when we initially launched, I had Siempre, which was a cigar that we came up with my dad because we, we had been smoking the Harold tobacco all day trying to trying to figure out La Barba Red at, at the Ventura factory and my dad said can't we just have something this morning that's like light and goes well with coffee so we kind of came up with this siempre concept of like having a cigar you could smoke all the time um but when we, when we released when I joined down and back um as they're my distributing partner 
um, we released, we did that Siempre and then we released it and it kind of got confused with everything else that was going on. Cause at, at the time, you know, everybody was kind of like, what, you know, what the fuck are these guys doing? Like is La Barba Caldwell, is Caldwell La Barba, who are these guys? So Siempre like just kind of got lost cause it was just another SKU and it was a very special cigar. So I've just taken the time the past couple of years to, to kind of reinvent that, uh, give it a little bit more body, uh, a little bit more structure, a little bit more complexity, and um, I think it's finally ready. So we're gonna we're gonna launch it this the quarter first quarter of next year. Oh wow, that sounds that, both of Hopefully. those both of those sound interesting. The um... I'm, I'm guy two, three, or four. Or five. <laughs> it all depends on if if Robbie gets what Robbie wants, then maybe my cigar will come out. But you're proud being guy two, three, four, five, aren't you? You you, you relish that role. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, speaking of Lost and Found, we're going to get into Lost and Found after the commercial break. I, I, I really want to talk about that because it, it is an interesting brand. I mean, uh, you know, the, we did the gimmick uh, with that, and I want to get into that with you guys about how that exactly works, how you come up with those cigars, how you can revisit those cigars once they're gone, and, and you bring them back, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll talk about that when we come back uh, from the commercial break. Folks, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, plus a large selection of cigar accessories. This year, JR is celebrating their 50th anniversary, and they'll be celebrating all year long with amazing promotions, contests, sweepstakes, and several limited-run projects with some of your favorite manufacturers. Join JR in celebrating 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite cigars today. Uh, real quick, uh, Robert, this is episode 314, Smoke Night Live. We have Robert Caldwell on the line and Tony Bellato on the line. Uh, Robert, uh, one of the things coming up in February uh, is The Great Smoke, and you're going to be doing one of the after parties that's on Saturday night at the West Palm Beach store. Um, I'm going to be down there for the uh, the Great Smokes. I'm really looking forward to that. So, uh, is this your first uh, hosted after party, or did I miss one? Or um, talk about that. This is my first one. Yeah, that should be fun, right? Doing that. Yeah, I, I was, I was. Uh, Abe asked me to do it, and I'm like, that sounds interesting. And he's like, well, do you want to do it or not? And I'm like, well, how much does it cost? And he's like, you just got to fucking go. I'm like, oh, okay. You got to be there. I'm used to, I'm used to retail. It's been like, you got to go with like 20,000 cigars and put a fucking tent and buy the food. So, yeah, I'm excited. I was like, I was like, you know, kind of like finagling my way around committing until I found out that I didn't have to pay for it. And then he's like, just fucking show up, asshole. I'm like, all right, perfect. So, it, doesn't, oh, it doesn't get oh, easier than that. Yeah, no, that's 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 the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be looking forward to that. So guys, uh, if you're if you're down there for the event, uh, uh, make sure to uh, join that that after party at the West Palm Beach store. Robert will be there. Um, and sorry to interrupt. No, there. go ahead. We have a special cigar that's only available at events that will be present. Ooh. Oh, there you go. Which will be fun. There yeah. you go, folks. So you, now you have to be there. Um, Hey, boys, both of you guys, I really want to talk about the, the Lost and Found project. You know, there's right now in the cigar industry, we're sort of in the midst of, you know, a lot of guys doing these sort of micro projects and whatnot. But, um, you know, Lost and Found has been one of the, the, the sort of the mainstays of this kind of segment in the market. And it's just an interesting, you know, prospect to me how you guys go about doing this. Uh, how does it work? Uh, do you, you you're you're finding stuff in factories that um, that uh, didn't get released, and there's a certain amount of them, and so then you guys uh, uh, come up with a product for it, or and sometimes does it work the opposite way where you're you know hey pro just produce a small amount for us, just sort of talk about uh, the whole lost and found project and how it how the different you know, sort of little micro launches come to be. How does that work? I just realized I'm like covering my whole face with my hand. I thought uh, it was your No, it's like my fucking palm, man, because I'm like, it's like, you see, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'll lead with this, but um, so, oh, fuck, my hand was still there. So it's to answer your question, it's all the above. It started with, you know, I'm like, 
I'm, I don't know. I'm like, you know, I'm, I was like the little kid who was like, oh, man, that's really cool. And I say it 20 times trying to get you to give it to me. And so I would go to like cigar manufacturers or visit factories. And I like I knew they had the goodies. And, you know, I always like I always like cigars that people didn't make anymore. Like my favorite cigar was the one that you stopped making for whatever reason. Um, and so I was visiting a factory and I'd asked them about a couple cigars you know, being the little kid, like knowing that they're going to hit me with like a couple bundles on the way out, which they did. And then I flew up and visited Tony and I brought him with me. And then he and his dad smoked them. They're like, what is this? And I told him what it was. And they're like, those cigars discontinued. I'm like, I know, but they still have them. And then they asked if I could get more. And I said, yeah. And then, so I got more and then they were branded by Jacqueline and Tony. And then we stuck them in Tony's store. And that's like how lost and found began. So it began off of cigars that no longer existed. Um, one of them was one of them was a size discontinuation, one of them was a blend that stopped occurring, and then the other one, I don't the Lancero, I have no idea. But there was three that came out in the beginning. The I Costa, from there. The Costa Rican one was made for a chic <clears throat> specifically. Remember he was it was made just for that guy and that guy died. Oh yeah, that's right. Or whatever that yeah, whatever that story was. There was like a really weird story on the third yeah. cigar. I forgot. It was like a private label for like a royal guy or some bullshit. Yeah. But anyways, and then we just kind of did it and didn't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tony starts getting calls like crazy to sell these cigars. And then so we went back. And at that point in time, I think I don't even know what type of amount of cigars there were, but there were like hundreds and hundreds. there were millions of cigars available for us to pick over. And so we just started picking over cigars. So they were they they're one of many things. Some of them are like overrun limited editions, which we've worked our way through. I think most of that inventory. Some of them are discontinued sizes. Some of them are things that were color sorted out as too light or too dark. Um, different things like that. So there's a variety of reasons why um, the cigars didn't end up in a box with a band on it for the for the first manufacturer or or as the product that they were meant to be. And then sometimes like some of the cigars that we get. There's a maximum age time that they allow the cigar to have in the humidor. So if it sits there more than like 18 months, they won't put a band on it uh, and they won't put it in a box because it'll taste very different from like the stuff that's produced a little bit newer. And that's really for like a, just a couple sizes. So it's kind of all over the board in terms of like why the cigars are no longer around. And I think that when we came out with a brand, there was a press release that came out or a story that was written by Half Wheel that was completely incorrect that said that we were buying factory seconds. Mm. And I understand where their confusion came from, uh, but it was never corrected. And then so guys to this day, you'll still hear guys be like, they're buying factory seconds. And they're all like first-class cigars. It's just for one reason or another, they didn't end up in a box, which are the reasons I just explained. Um, and then from there, we just breathe new life in them. You know, we give them creative, funky packaging and then re-release them as, you know, Hey, this is what it is. Stupid name. Here's some blend details. And then this is the year that they came out. And then the one thing is like the cigars have to be either hitting my palate or Tony's palate. So one of the two of us like has to fall in love with a cigar. And then we try to deliver them at a very fair price where a consumer can have an experience of smoking a very well aged cigar. That's not dead and not tasting funky um, for a fair price. And then, to segue on to the third part of your question, in terms of manufacturing, we do manufacture. So we have a brand called Instant Classic that we rolled out that we made. And then uh, that's a brand that we will continue making. And then we just age the shit out of it. So like Instant Classic, I think the first release was four years aged when we released it. And then we have Instant Classic, like several more line extensions coming next year, uh, which are aged between two and four years as well. And then we have a lot more that's in pipeline that's been produced that's now aging because we realized pretty quickly we worked through by i don't know two million cigars over the lifespan of the brand um but there's not much inventory around anymore and then what was there covid kind of fucked us because we had one manufacturer that we had several hundred thousand cigars we were waiting and then when covid hit with all these shortages they decided to like utilize some of these cigars that were promised to us so we ended up not getting them so we were, I think, in front of it a little bit by producing some stuff. And then so now next year we have Instant Classic and then we have a brand called 22 Minutes to Midnight that are both like lost and found manufactured brands. Mm. But they keep with the ethos of the brand because they are very well aged tobacco. And then also 
22 minutes to midnight, there's very rare, very special tobaccos in it, um, as well as instant classic, but really 22 minutes has like crazier tobacco. So now on the manufacturing side, we're going after very small batch stuff or rare stuff or really old tobacco to then manufacture with to then age the cigars. And then so the stuff that we're manufacturing has been aged a minimum 24 months after rolling. I think the cool thing about this, Tony, is that this is some stuff that maybe in years past, 10 years ago or whatever, these are just cigars that a consumer might never really get a chance to try, right? This is this is stuff that uh, had you guys not, you know, discovered them sitting around in the factory or whatever, like they would have gone into the, I don't know what you call it, the trash heap of history or whatever, but you guys have come up with a, a, a cool way to bring these to consumers and allow us to get to try some of the stuff that maybe we would have never got a chance to try before. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of always been our ethos from the beginning was with these is like, like people try to figure out what it is and where it's from. And that's fun. That's the scavenger hunt of trying to like, oh, this tastes like, you know, this from back then. That's part of the fun of the scavenger hunt. But also it's like, you know, we like to smoke cigars. We all like to smoke cigars. It doesn't matter if it really has a band on it or is is in a fancy box or a fancy package. A cigar's a cigar, you know, and just smoke it and tell us what you think. You know, that that's kind of been our ethos from the beginning. And that's why we've always had the like, you know, in the past we've always had the the funky names and the and the fun, quirky little things that we came up with because you know, the most of those those brands are stories from us on the road like trying to sell Caldwell and La Barba, we would just be in the car together for fucking 20 hours. And then like Rob would say like something about a swollen cock. And then that ends up on a, on a, on a it, it, co- it comes up so often, you know, that term, <laughs> I mean, you know, but I mean, especially riding with Tony in the car. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's kind of been, like I said, the ethos of this, the project from the beginning, but um, you know, Rob and I have been, talking extensively about the evolution of it and i think that um with antique and the the new products that that we have and that we've been finding um it's really it's setting the brand it's setting another precedent um and that we've we set 10 years ago and i think that the future of of lost and found is really going to be very interesting yeah and actually to to segue onto what you're saying tony so eric we just very quietly released uh, line called Antique Line. Um, we were saving this one kind of towards the end of like the, the cycle of Lost and Found when we're pivoting into more manufactured product. And we've been we've been holding them and we've been trying to get them and trickling them in over the last two years, but we haven't gotten shit. But it's the oldest cigars that Lost and Found will ever release. Like I'm smoking a 2006 vintage. Um, Dang. Yeah, we got we we did so far. We released a 2004, which is our oldest, but we have a 1997 vintage. Mm. They're they're stupid. Like they're they're just such special cigars. And then that what we did was we had a program of like 25 retailers that we said, okay, we're going to give the cigars to these guys exclusively. So we have 25 stores. I think we've gotten to 13. So we're doing them by raffle one at a time. Um, but they're just incredibly special cigars. And like Tony mentioned, the one that he's smoking, he's got stores. So he's an antique line dealer. Um, one of the ones that he got, there was 30 cigars found. Mm. So it's like, it's too small to do shit with, but we're going to do it anyways. And just, you know, a store can get 30 cigars that nobody else gets and just keep it very small and very, very special um, with just incredibly aged cigars. And I mean, again, like some of these are just, you get it like this cigar. I think Tony and I are smoking effectively the same cigar just years apart in age and then he's smoking a maduro version but i mean it's just a fucking special cigar and there's there's no way I, it's just it, I, it's a different experience it's not so i mean whether you smoke lost and found caldwell davidoff aj fernandez whatever you can't find cigars this old and even in our collections we've never had them so it's an opportunity for like true connoisseurs to be able to get something that's 15 18 20 years old um that still tastes good that's not dead so now we're again we're really quietly rolling it out, but they're just really really special cigars. So so Robert, how many uh, factories uh, do you bounce around to try to find this stuff? I mean, there's got to be 
lots of factories that you haven't even, you know, scra <coughs> scraped the surface yet? Do you still actively try to, uh, you know, uh, make calls to other factories and say, hey, what do you got in your in your aging room that uh, that that we might be interested in? Is that still is that still one of the things that you kind of um, bounce around looking for still to this day? Uh, not necessarily. We have a couple factories. Like we had one of them that had about 800,000 cigars that we've been working through um, that are all fucking stellar cigars. Like they're all just fantastic. And I know that they are. And I smoked, you know, I, I smoked 80, 90 percent of them. Um, so I know that they're good. And then, you know, it's like, OK, we're going to digest this part. And then the next year, updated list and then just continue working through it. And then we've had. We, maybe we've worked with like seven or eight different factories, but really a lot of the stuff comes from just a couple. And then like I was in a conversation the other day with a factory that you, somebody's like, hey, maybe you can do something with us with this brand. I'm like, cool. Um, I'm interested in this cigar because they had a cigar that like it was, you know, they sell lemonade and this was like a fucking porterhouse. Like it had nothing to do with their with what their brand is. But it's a very special cigar that was discontinued because they made this mistake of launching lines behind it that seemed similar in name. And so this cigar was like sixteen dollars like twenty years ago. And it's just a fantastic, amazing cigar. And then they they the marketing was very bad and they, they cannibalized it with other stuff and then the cigar disappeared. So they have those. And then I'm like, I'll buy them all. You know, I don't even need to fucking smoke them. I know they're good. I, you know, so I kind of like him a little bit picky with some guys with some stuff. Um, and then there's some, there's some really, really small factories, not like little garage operations, but really small, beautiful factories around that have really just special product if you can find the right guys. And a lot of these guys, there's like a lot of, legacy manufacturers in terms of like artisanship that have continued on with their own like small little enterprises and every once in a while like William Ventura Henderson's dad called me the other day he's like hey I had a friend of mine that worked with me at Davidoff forever he's been rolling cigars he's got this small little factory you gotta try this stuff I was talking to Tony I was talking to you about this yesterday yep. and um so I'm like I don't fucking know, man, whatever. So I was down there and he gave me the cigars. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it was just like this killer cigar. And the guy's been making them, but he hadn't sold them. So I'm like, all right, well, I can be a solution to your problem. The cigars are a couple of years old. They're good. We can probably do something with it. So it's kind of all over the place. But really, like, we try to focus mainly on Dominican Republic. Um, and then, you know, I'll get calls. Like, last year, I had a lot of Costa Rican stuff come in. There was a factory in Costa Rica that contacted us that made fantastic cigars. And it was, it, I mean, it was, I don't know, it was all like, you know, good stuff. And I'm like, shit, this is all good stuff. And then we bought that. But I mean, it's kind of problematic sometimes. And then a lot of guys, you got to buy everything. So it's like, okay, I got 80,000 cigars. <laughs> and so we buy them. But then we might use 10 or 15,000 for lost and found. And then the rest of them, we turn it into new 20s and just bundle them out to retailers and just sell bulk new bundles or we sell them to other manufacturers, um, you know, stick them into stores like bundle programs as like unbranded, unbanded stuff. So <clears throat> it really depends who we're working with. But a couple of parties that we have that unfortunately we're getting pretty low on inventory that have been really stable for us to get product in over the last few years. Now, some of these uh, that have been more popular have have come back. Uh, over the years, um, is that because there was still some left over, or do you say, "Hey, you know, we really, we really liked that. Can you can you recreate that for us so that we can uh, bring that one back again?" So anything that's come back that's the exact same cigar is the exact same cigar, different vintage, um, and those are usually products that have been color sorted out, so they're too large, dark, too light, and then we just wait until they're like, "Hey, we got more of that," uh, like Pepper Cream Soda, the original one. We brought that cigar out several times. So the original release was like, I don't know, 2007 vintage or eight or nine or whatever it was. And then we will continue to bring that cigar out as it becomes available to us. So we got an updated inventory sheet. They got a thousand cigars on it. I'm like, fucking pack them, ship them in. Um, so we'll continue to bring back out stuff like that that's available, uh, but it's going to be a different vintage. And then when you see line extensions, like we had pepper cream soda, then we had, you know, Habana, we had a Maduro version. Those have nothing to do 
with the original pepper cream soda at all. Like it's not the same blend. It's not an extension off that brand, but it's something that fits exactly in that portfolio. So if you like pepper cream soda, you're going to like this one and this one and this one. So when we line extend lost and found, it's not necessarily has anything to do with the same factory or the same guts or the same cigar. It has to do with this consumer will also smoke this cigar. So it's, it's, it's put into it because it belongs in that portfolio. And to, to add to that, you know, with, with it's funny with pepper cream soda and, and one night stand, like we didn't know what was going to happen with the project. So, you know, there was robust, there might've been robustos, Toros, Lanceros and Churchill's. But at the time, you know, either we didn't have the money or we didn't know what was going to happen with the project and say, Rob sends me up the robustos and we're like, okay, we'll, we'll do pepper cream robustos. And then there's Toros and Churchill's and Lanceros of that same blend still sitting down there. And sometimes that'll happen where we'll be like, oh, like we have this, we released it, but there's another size of that same cigar that we can do like a another release on it. That also happens quite often or happened quite often in, in the tenure of, of Lost and Found. We just skipped sizes and then found them again on, on sheets or skipped different things um, and then gone and circled back to them. All right. Uh, hey, guys, we have had a question earlier, and I, I wanted to discuss this with you. I don't know how much uh, you want to get into it with me or not. That's totally up to you. But uh, at, the, at this past year's uh, PCA show, um, you guys were uh, – there's, there's a rumor going around that you were there. I, I can't confirm <laughs> nor deny whether that you were actually there or not. Um, but uh, you know there was a, a bit of controversy in, in the uh, the way the the a the booth was set up and and b the way the booth um, booth uh, air quotes uh, disappeared. Um, can you talk about that? What 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 was going on at this past year's PCA show? Do you have any comment on that at all, or is this uh, something that you do not wish to talk about? I mean, I don't understand why there was controversy. I liked our booth. <laughs> it First was of all, it was amazing. <laughs> Tony was there, but Tony went on a fucking bender, so he never came in the booth, which was amazing. I mean, I saw Tony him. Was in Los I saw him around. No, you didn't. He, he was for five fucking days in Vegas, and he was like doing drugs and shit, <laughs> and he never showed up. And then he got mad because we didn't sell any of his cigars. I'm like, how am I gonna sell you cigars when you don't? Like literally, he didn't show up. He's there for five days. Um, <laughs> No, wait, shit. That was TPE, Tony. That was TPE. You came to PCA. Yeah, yeah, TPE, he got stuck in like a wormhole somewhere. Well, no, I, just... I went through the breakup and I was drinking it away. That's when I around when I did your show and I don't remember. And <laughs> I, I don't remember TPE either. So. Now, PCA was the, it was essentially you guys had an area that uh, wasn't being utilized and you set up a couple of uh, folding tables. This is the way I remember it. So you can just. Take this for what it's worth. Uh, there was no signage or or banners or anything like that, and you guys were sort of in this sort of common area. Uh, that's the sort of the way I remember PCA. Now there was a little bit of controversy in the way it all ended because there was a photo that looked like you guys left trash behind. But I think that was more promotion. Did you see the the small pair of underwear? Uh, I, I I I didn't I didn't examine. <laughs> I didn't examine the photo <laughs> to that degree, Robert. But for uh, real, yeah. But uh, like my name tag was right next to like a pair of like just very small <laughs> panties. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Um, Too subtle. No, nah, I mean, I mean to tell you the truth. So we came into, so we're not big supporters of organizations, to be politically correct. I mean, we just like, like fuck them, right? Like they don't do shit for us. So what are we gonna do for them? I'm speaking for myself because Tony's Tony doesn't necessarily agree with everything I have to say, but I mean, like, yeah, there is a north and south pole to this. So. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, you don't like a lot of they don't do shit for me. So okay, I'm gonna give you all this fucking money and get this huge booth because I mean, we we'd gone as high as twenty two booths before, so the booths are two thousand dollars a booth, so that's forty four thousand dollars that I just fucking blow. And then I have my trade show booth. And then I got to set up my trade show booth. And then I got to pay, like, lading to bring the shit in. And then I got to give away all this fucking product. And then I got to throw discounts at you. And then I got to fly everybody out. 
entertain everybody, pay for everybody's food. So at the end of the day, I spent a hundred thousand something dollars to go and do what, right? To go and sell fucking cigars. So the trade show before um, coronavirus hit, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I literally just napkin math. I'm like, okay, so here's the orders that I got not at the show. Here's the orders I got at the show. And this is what the number is. So these orders that I got at the show, if I discount out all the guys that would have ordered fucking anyways, having not, you know, whether or not I was here, I still would have gotten these orders. And then these are like catalogs, distributors still would have gotten those. And these are like regular accounts still would have gotten those. And then I was left with like a number that's, you know, a fraction of what the big number is. And then I'm like, okay, so then I spent a hundred G's to get this amount of sales, which just didn't make any sense to me. Cause it was like, it was a fucking, I mean, it was an inside out number. It made no sense. So I'm like, this makes no sense. So coming into, um, this last show or, or like, you know, kind of setting up to what was going to be the next trade show. I just said, listen, we're going to trim down. We like to go to the show to see people. That's why I go to the show. I don't care to sell cigars at the show. We sell cigars at the show. We're going to sell cigars, not at the show. It doesn't matter. And then, so we wanted to go to the show because we wanted to go out and see our retailers, shake hands, talk to people. And then, so coming into the show, it was like, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, well, I don't know, but I'm not, I mean, I literally called the place that was storing my booth and I'm like, my booth is your problem. Tell me how you want to get rid of it. And they're like, give us a thousand dollars to dispose of it. So I threw away the booth. Um, and then I call PCA and I'm like, I'll take a single booth space, you know, flew out a couple guys, you know, got some tables from Walmart, set them up and, you know, I don't know, shook cans and hung out with people for a few days. And, you know, we sold cigars and it was, it was not our best show we've ever had. We've had higher volume show shows, but it was a profitable show and it was a good time. And I think, you know, we didn't really have like a, we weren't trying to make a statement. Uh, we were just doing what we do, which is like, I don't fucking care, man. Like, I'm here to hang out. You know, a lot of guys came over. They tried to place orders. I, I turned them away. I said, I don't want to place an order. Like, let, I'm just fucking hanging out. And we just did our thing. And, and the funny thing is, on the backside of that, it probably turned into our best show because we, we got a lot of attention for our anti-show mentality. Uh, positive or negative, it didn't matter. I mean, we, we, you know, we had a lot of guys reaching out to us, so... Um, I don't know, like, fuck the system, fuck the show, fuck those people. Right. Tony, Tony's like, so here's no. a, here's a shot of, uh, look at the pennies, man. Upper right. Upper, upper right. right. Oh, okay. I see him. Yeah. I see him. <laughs> Yo, you, they got fucking like strawberries on them now. So, all right. So, um, so you what is think that? That's a good looking booth, Eric. I mean, listen. what, what does that mean moving forward? Will you, will you be at TPE? Will you be at next year's PCA? I'll be, was I'll be was that the show. swan song? Was that it or no? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm happily going. You know, I really like TPE. I like the organization very much. I like the show. I like the time of year that it occurs. But TPE, so that's the thing that people don't realize is TPE, we didn't have much of a better booth than that. I mean, TPE, we had like a folding table with a couple boxes on it and it worked out fine for us. So we're going to continue with the same that was given to us by the cleaning staff. <laughs> did the uh, Robert? Did the did the folks from PCA have anything to say to you? Was there was there any conversations about how all that went down? Did they were they happy with that? Were they upset with you? What what? You what? know what's funny? They were all like kind of around, but not, nobody said anything to me. I think I'm a little bit intimidating to those people. They just kind of like stood in the shadows with their arms folded and looked in my general direction, but made no eye contact with me whatsoever. I did. I did talk to a few people <clears throat> and they were what like, they say to you, Tony, they were happy. Was that they were happy for the free advertising that they got for their little show? Well, they, <laughs> they asked. <laughs> Be honest, how, Tony. Be honest. I, I should have thrown him a fucking invoice for promoting their show. You, you should have. Do you have any? No. Send me somebody's email. Are they going to catch an invoice tomorrow? <laughs> I love that catch an, an invoice. <clears throat> um, but no, they came up to me and they asked me how it, the show went. And I said it went great. And I said, you know, we didn't have to spend $100,000. Because to me, I like... I would rather give money to an organ, like to the organization, to make sure that we have the the cigar industry has a future. For me to spend 
a ridiculous amount of money on a trade show booth and to pay the people to move it in and move it out, you know, because you have to pay the, the, the union, the Las Vegas union to get that stuff in and out. I mean, it's a lot of money that can be used to be active in making sure that this industry has a future. And that that is my opinion on the thing. I don't I don't need I'm with Robert and then I don't need, you know, a like a 3000 foot LED sign above my trade show booth with naked girls and all this shit. I don't need that because we do we do good business and we do we do business with good people. And it doesn't matter if we have a, a carnival in our booth or not, <clears throat> which we kind of did. My second to that point is we did not leave garbage in our booth. We tipped the gentlemen and the people that cleaned our booth very well for um, the trade show. It wasn't, we didn't just leave a bunch of garbage for them. Oh, good point, Tony. Actually, and, so Eric, sorry, I'm gonna interrupt you. Yeah. A bunch of assholes after the show were saying that we trashed the booth and left it for like the workers to clean up. Um, we did not let the workers touch our booth our installation the entire time that the show was going on and we gave them $100 bills on our way out because we didn't want them to have to, like, we're not animals. We're not going to make you rude. Like, fuck you. But then a lot of guys came out and had negative things to say. Like, we were, like, semi-abusive of the the cleaning staff, but they were all friendly with us and we tipped them all on the way out the door. Yeah. They had the, guy, to, but the guy that know. wrote the note, you know, he got, we gave him a $100 tip. And I, I think, you know, it did make a statement and I think that they don't like us, which is fine. But I think they like us. At the same time, at the same time, we're more proactive about the future of this business sometimes than a lot of other people are. And that to me is the most important thing. And that's my point. Like, like Robbie does his shit. You know, he's a fucking animal and likes to throw shit at people and <laughs> likes to like play pranks on people and do cool shit. And at the end of the day, my opinion is like, that's what this is about. Like, we just want to like do cool shit, smoke cigars with our buddies. Why does it have to be political? Why does it have to be complicated? Well, I mean, you know, you guys, you guys are shaking trees. Come on now. You can't be, uh, you can't, uh, yeah, but I mean, I thought it was pretty obvious from the post that you guys were joking around. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't assume that like you actually it was, it, left it like, <laughs> we did, like we got tacos, but the, the reason I wasn't at the last day of the trade show was because it was either take a midnight flight to the, First of all, everybody knows the last day of the trade shows. Nothing. Fucking right? horrible waste so of time. The second, the second thing is, is I had a, my options for flights were midnight the la, the second to last day of the trade show, or midnight the following day. And I hate Las Vegas as a city, so I didn't want to. And ever and all my friends were leaving in the morning, so what am I going to do for, you know, fourteen hours in Las Vegas by myself? So I just took the flight out the night before, so I wasn't even there the last day. And it just all added up into a really funny thing, but like that—that's kind of the controversy, right? Because I, I left the the night before the last day because I'm not going to spend another 24 hours in Las Vegas if I don't have to. So do you do you have similar plans for the upcoming trade shows, or uh, what what will we expect to see uh, from from Caldwell expect and Labarba? Expect expected. Okay. Expect that's the like, that's unexpected. That's like the Jose Cuervo tagline. <laughs> no, no, you know that that is the that is the tag. I think you're right. Yeah. TPE. We will have the complimentary booth that those very nice people give us included in our trade show charge, <laughs> and then um, PCA we will be attending, um, but then we will buy our booth at the very last minute and probably end up in a corner, which is fine. And um, we will make zero purchases for that show. So everything that will be used in our PCA booth will be found objects during setup. So you might see like an Oliva <laughs> shipping pallet <laughs> as a table in the Caldwell booth is kind of my plan. I, I, I'm going like full organic, you know, like reduce, reuse, recycle with this show. So I'm just going to like other people's trash is my fucking Lost treasure. And and I'm going to build. Lost and yes, found. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. You know, I'm going to build like a, a homeless shelter. shelter in my booth. <laughs> there, there's like a certain, there's a certain segment of the um, consumer base that, that absolutely loves this kind of thing. And then there's a certain segment of the consumer base that, that doesn't like this thing at all. And that's just um, the, the track you take, right? I mean, 
you're 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 gonna go at the for the type of consumer that you you want to. That's the uh, personality of your business, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did see some comments, and they're like, like I don't even know. But then I was like, listen, don't smoke my cigars anymore. Go fuck yourself. Wow. Smoke La Barba. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. That's the ultimate cut down. You want to be a bitch? Smoke a bitch cigar. <laughs> All right, boys. Um, so we're we're wrapping up this episode of Smoke Night Live three fourteen. Uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time on a Friday night to 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 join us. I have one final item, which is our pod decks question. I will pull a card out of the pod deck, and we do this with every guest. And I I I don't know what this question will be. It could be sensical it could be nonsensical but we'll let both um tony and robert answer it um let me jordan you want to pick one so that it's completely random um and then once this question is asked boys it'll never be asked again i will burn this i will burn this question live on the dojo well not live but on the dojo verse after this all right here we go I'll let uh, I'm gonna let uh, Tony start, and then I'll have Robert answer it after he. Wait, does that card have your logo on the back of it? No, it does not. It has the Poddex? I don't know who this company I, is. It looked like it's a dojo, and you're flapping it around. <laughs> All right, are you ready, Tony, for this question? I am. You have a hundred thousand dollars. You have to donate it or create a charity. What do you do with this hundred thousand dollars? So my mother was a special education teacher for 35 years and retired with her. And she and then she went on to work with adults with disabilities. Um, so if I had one hundred thousand dollars to start a charity, what I would there's very little um, after. A child becomes an adult that has autism or developmental disability um, to help the adult get a job or a house or um like live a functional life. So my charity of choice would either be start or find one um, that got adults with autism or developmental disabilities into the workforce and into an apartment to live a full adult life. That's fantastic. Wow. I like that. In fact, that's I don't, fucking strong. I mo like that. Most people don't know this, but uh, me and April, my wife April, her brother, he's forty six or so, and he's developmentally disabled and we uh we take care of him uh half of the month every month so uh yeah. I, I appreciate that yeah. answer tony very much thank you for that and somebody has to yeah uh robert what would you do with the 100k what uh, charity would you start or what charity that exists would you donate to so that's a very good question so lost and found i don't know if you know but we have a charitable component so yeah. we, we support many charities um so i don't want to use anything that we have done so uh, i'll do one that is on deck uh there's a charity that does cleft palate work mm. like in third world and it's like so for 100 g's you could fix about 300 cleft palates something like that, Is that right? yeah about 300 so i think i think that would be it because i i was like i don't know where i was but i was like watching like one of those banners that like moves and then it was talking about that and then i never really thought about the impact of not being able to have that surgery, which is a very complex but affordable and kind of simple surgery that's not accessible to a lot of people around the world. And I mean, like, think about having a cleft palate your whole life. Right. So that's something that that's, that's fixable. It's fixable. And I mean, fuck, I don't know. Like, it's just it's it's. I, it just, I mean, everything changes. So that, that's the, what the, we have that on deck as one of the one of the things we're going to do with our campaign. So that would be my next one for sure. That's fantastic. Hey, boys, thank you so much, Tony. Thank you so much for joining us last minute. Really, thank really you. appreciate your time, brother. Thank you. My pleasure. And uh, thank you, Robert. As always, we always love having you on Smoke Night Live. You always say it. You know, you, you, you never sugarcoat it. You just say it how it is. I really appreciate your time, my man. My pleasure. All right, boys. Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime. Yeah, we'll have you back for sure in the next uh, six to eight months, and we'll do it all over again to find out what else is going on. Plus, we'll see you out at TPE in uh, just a month or so. Um, Friday, uh, Wednesday on Flavor Odyssey, Robbie and Randy continue the uh, mixed 
the pre-made mix segment of the show. We're going to be doing Barsmith Old Fashioned Mix, Jordan. This it's is one that you found. No, I thought you found it. Uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> but I always like to give credit to somebody else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we found this Barsmith. It's called Barsmith. It's an old-fashioned mix. You just put it in... Um, some bourbon, and if you're, especially if you're on the road, like we are a lot, like if you, you're in Miami and you don't really have all of your stuff with you, you can make a, a really decent it's, old fashioned. It's almost, it's kind of like a different. It's like it adds some texture to the drink that I, uh, I it's a different take on that I actually like. Right. Uh, so we'll be doing that on Wednesday. We'll be trying to pick the best cigar that goes with a Barsmith old fashioned. We've done pre-mixed margarita. We did a pre-mixed uh, mai tai. Um, so we'll be a four-week segment of pre-mixed cocktails. And then uh, instead of having a uh, Smoke Night Live next Friday, a week from tonight, which is actually Christmas Eve, we're going to move Smoke Night Live up to Thursday of next week. Uh, Jack Hire will be in town. We're going to have a Christmas special. We'll give away some stuff. So uh, make sure to join us uh, next Wednesday and Thursday. And then tonight, get on the Dojoverse. Check into your cigars that you're smoking. Uh, check into the... Uh, the uh, the the music that you're listening to while you're hanging out with us all night tonight on on a Friday night herf on the Dojo Verse uh, share your drinks that you're drinking we're gonna just gonna have fun all night tonight Jordan let's do it as we always do every Friday night and until next week remember never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone we'll see you guys next week is it fast oh it's fast what about the options what about the options it's got all the options. But, like, what about price? It's got to be expensive. Not expensive at all, man. JR's got the greatest deals on cigars and accessories. Check it out. Oh, wow. Look at these. Oh, look at that deal. It's a good price. What are you guys doing with my car? Your car? I thought this was your car. I thought it was your car. Why would it be my car? I don't know. It's not again. We'll get out, but I'm taking this with a JR on the go. No matter whose car you're in, JR Cigar is there for you.